Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com forward slash brew.news for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 27 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This is being recorded, as I'm sure you can hear, live from the Brewdog Brewery in Allen on Beatnik Day, 29th of June, 2019. We're your fortnightly source for the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper, and joining us not in person, but by the medium of stuff we recorded yesterday, is Bruce Cameron. Hey everybody. And joining me so I don't feel too lonely, it's the magnificent Andrew Watson. Oh, thanks, Rob. Also, randomly sat at the table is Christopher Sansbury. Hello, team. And we've got Brewdog Antarctica Zone, it's Ben. Hello, hello. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about... Rob took a trip to Manchester for the opening of Glorious New Outpost and he caught up with Northern Monk. We briefly mentioned the guy who sued Brewdog and won. Don't worry, we won't mention him too much. We did a whole podcast on him. We discussed the results of the Honest to Dog promotion. DIY Dog is back. We talked 10 for 10. And we've all the guests, all the news, and tons more from Beatnik 2019. Standard disclaimer time. We are all shareholders in Brewdog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of Brewdog. So, without further ado, let's play some PQ. You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. Hi, this is Martin Vicky. Hey, this is T. Hey, this is James. This is the Brew Dog News Podcast. Brew Dog News Podcast. James Watt, Martin Dickey. This is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Brew Dog News Podcast. It's Blackie here for our mailroom again. And a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporters this week, but especially our top tier Patreon supporters, Mark Innes. And I can actually see him from here. It's Neil. Thank you very much, Neil. Oh, uh, thanks, and Neil. thank you. Thank you, Ben, for recording our intro there. Very much appreciated. No problem, no problem. Uh, right, 2019, uh, beat Nick. We're all feeling the heat a little bit today. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, actually. Tried the beat Nick beer earlier, tried a couple of more beers I've not had yet. It's I'm getting too hot in Aberdeenshire, and I never thought I would say that. <laughs> that we're in a climate emergency, and it's pretty much in the vicinity of Ellen just now because we're finding it a bit sweaty. Brilliant. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for coming on here very briefly with us. I know I know you've got more important places to be, but I'll rope you in. Uh, how's your day go so far, bud? I've, uh, it's pretty good. I've had my first and second beers since the AGM uh, today, so I'm already feeling a I'm, I'm, so bit just, just to clarify here you're an EFP you follow what Brewdog's doing you listen to this podcast you contribute to this podcast and you're now on the podcast and you haven't had a beer since the AGM it, it, it started off as a, a joke just and m- then turned into Andrew, a Andrew mute his mic mute his mic <laughs> Ben oh uh, wait that was Ben sorry ben. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for joining us um How's your day going so far? It's good. I've uh, met a lot of people who follow the account. I met Kenny Burns, uh, shared with me some amazing beer. I've got to chat briefly with uh, James and Martin. Um, hoping to drink a few more beers, try something new. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Now, why do you have a kind of fierce beer in front of you when this is a brew dog event? Well, 
I'm just that popular on Twitter, I guess. You know, people give me free stuff. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What actually is that? It's, it's um, a weird-looking one. Yeah, so it's uh, the Pineapple Cubes by the one and the only um, Kenny Bruce. Uh, uh, Kenny Burns, shall I say. Um, yeah, he uh, he kept some by for me, and he just said, "Yeah, come pick it up." And it's tasting absolutely fantastic. Um, a lot of people wanted to get their hands on it as well, so I'm I'm quite quite pleased to be able to have tried this beer and say it's one of the best I've had today. Nice work, sir. Uh, Andrew, what beer have you got in front of you? I have Sonic Boom V4, Ooh. which is the fourth iteration. This time with French hops. I actually really like this one. They did one with German hops back in the day, uh-huh. and they've done some with experimental hops as well. I'd say this is my favourite of the lot so far, um, partly because it's brewery fresh from Dog Tap. That always makes a beer taste better, I would say. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nicely malty. The hops are quite interesting, but quite resinous, also quite fruity. So I would recommend. Thank you for being all very beery and uh, artisanal, honestly. Well, I thought I would raise the tone before we move on and, you know, uh, Chris, what beer have you got in front of you? I'm drinking Elvis juice. Apparently, a new recipe. Yes, I hear oh, that they, they've changed uh, Hazy Jane and Elvis juice to match the excuse me to match the recipe that they've been doing out in America. And, very uh, tasty. How's it tasting? Really, very very grapefruity. It's great. Really good. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, uh, we will catch up with you two a little bit later on because we've got to crack on with an entire show. Uh, do feel free if you want to chime in at any point or if you want to go off and make use of the extensive facilities that BrewDog have laid on for us today. In fact, Andrew, would you do me a favour and describe, if you can, for the listeners who aren't here, what is going on today? So two things. When you start a sentence with Andrew, would you? <laughs> I naturally thought that was going to like a beer. But no. We're in overwork, so I, instead I'll go for plan B and I'll tell you where we are. So last year we recorded in here and we were stuck in a, a corner beside the door. This year we're in a padded booth. and A padded cell. It feels <laughs> like it. And it's, it's lovely. It's looking out over the furders, over the barrels, the oak barrels where the beer is aging. I can see barrels with chalk writing saying rye. There's big furders that have Latin written on them. There's one that says Bolivar. Who knows what's in there? Right next to us is barrels filled back in January. There's a, what does that say? Black cherry sour. Spoiler alert. We'll see when that comes out. That sounds very tasty. I think Overworks is my favourite space in all the Aberdeen Brewdog properties. Well, because they've got air conditioning, so that part, helps. Partly that. <laughs> um, and I've not been to Inverurie or Peterhead, so that's a statement that means absolutely nothing to anyone. But, uh, no, it's great, and lots of people coming by to say hello, including some of the guests we should have on later in the podcast. Brilliant. Uh, Chris, how would you describe what's going on outside of here? Uh, Lots of people lying about in the sun. Yep. Uh, Basking, I think is the word. Uh, Also sweating and uh, scratching their beards as well. Lots of tours going on as well. Ben, have you got any tours planned? Yep, I'm uh, going to be doing the Brewdog Distilling Company tour in about two hours' time. It should be exciting. Hoping to uh, find some elusive, um, the Cloudy Lemon Gin, because uh, we haven't had any down south. Please send some to Southampton Bar. Please, there's, James, there's if you're actually listening. five bottles and overworks are, behind the bar. There are. <laughs> so steal one. I might. So well, we'll oh, check. We'll d- d- don't leave that bit in. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if it's all right with you, Ben, we'll check back in with you once you've done that. I'd love to hear how things have changed there. I'm not going to get on that tour. I've got a tour of the new canning line because that's the mm. kind of nerd I am, everyone. <laughs> if it's not trains, it's canning line. So, yes, anyway, 
We should actually get to some new stuff, should we? Let's take a look at some of the beers that have happened in the last... No, no. Let's have a look at some of the news. <laughs> the one we're talking about beers. First of all, if you look at the Beer Dog News podcast Instagram, um, I post this... Well, nobody will see it because the story will have expired. We've got so much gear, you'll see some pictures. Rob had to bring a wheelie suitcase. And we're going to have a slight problem, I think, on the way home, Rob, that you're going to be drunk in charge of that suitcase because you've got one Overworks beer, you've got a Hazy Jane... You've got a barrel-aged maple, very big moose there as well. Oof. That's twelve percent. That is yeah. nineteen, I think. Don't don't worry. I'm I'm going to be sensible. He's going to be singing at the back of the bus, ladies and gentlemen. I'll video it. Don't worry. All right, let's take a look at some of the news stories that have cropped up in the last couple of weeks. Uh, man successfully sues a brew dog for sex discrimination after bartender refuses to sell him pink beer for girls. Now, if you listen to the last episode. You'll know all about this. But that was the headline in The Independent. It was picked up by many news outlets around the world. Uh, I managed to interview the man who brought the action against Rudo. We put him on the podcast. It's well worth a listen. Joe does not hold back on saying what she thought. Uh, one person that I didn't get a chance to ask about it was Andrew. Uh, so, Andrew, what do you think about Tom Bauer successfully suing Brewdog for sex discrimination over pink IPA? Well, I think he's a... Uh Awesome. Uh, Emma, what do you think? So, yeah, um... Oh. Oh, 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 hold on a minute. That was an instinctive thing there to throw this over to Emma, but she's actually here. I'm here, guys. I've been missing the podcast, so I'm very excited to be sitting in front of a microphone again with these absolute legends. It is so good to see you. This is genuinely... I spotted you briefly outside the first time we've spoken for weeks. He's ditched me now. He doesn't want anything to do with me. I've missed you, Rob. I have missed you. Are you guys having a good beatnik? Yeah, really, really are. And uh, yeah, it's been going really well. So in the past few weeks, what have you been up to? I mean, have you just, I'm guessing you've not been online so much because you've been so busy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's full on, but in a good way. So obviously there was a lot of prep going on for this event here. I take absolutely no credit for that. That's Michael and Cam. But then we kind of decided to uh, divide and conquer. So those guys just nailed everything they needed to for this event, where me, Claire, and sorry, and Dougie as well looked after the top four. Oh, we, we love Dougie. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely amazing. Amazing to work with. And then me, Claire, and Emma just... They're, they're really the EFP team, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. there's six of us. Um, and we just looked after all of our customers that were emailing in this week. Because historically, we would, we would have left Fresh Test for a few days and come back to a backlog on Monday. But we wanted to make sure that we looked after everyone still that wasn't at Beatnik to make sure we you know, retained that good service. So, yeah, heads down for me. I did have a cheeky day off after I worked 10 days in a row, so I was very excited to go to the pub and have a a couple of beers. But, yeah, everything is really, really good in my world. I've got one thing to say to you. It's a bit late, but happy birthday. Thank you. Because you had had a big birthday and you did some cool stuff. You went to to Brussels, didn't you? I did, yeah. So um, I know that I only look 21, but I'm actually 40 now. I went to Brussels and then Cantillon and... Just had a boozy, really good beer weekend. So, yeah, thank you very much, Andrew. And you're still loving life, Emma. There's no question about that. The smile on your face today is just fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for having me back on. I know you're, I know I you're at you. work, so we, we have to probably say goodbye just now. But do, do you get free beer? 
in life in general? Well, or no, just like today? no. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just no. Or staff discounts. But not today because I'm working, but yeah, I'll definitely have a, a staffy after work today. Awesome. Which will be on the house. Good well, to see you, Emma. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you very much. Bye, Emma. Bye. Anyway, just before we got distracted by an Emma de Senna, uh, we were speaking about the man who sued Brewdog. So, yeah, uh, Andrew, you're, you're yeah, swearing so this aside. How did you... Yeah, how did radio, you take yeah. it? Did you manage to listen to the podcast we put out? What yeah, are your so thoughts? I listened to it probably the worst time as British Airways delayed my flight to Aberdeen last night. So I was in a great mood um, when I listened to it. I think... I feel like he's somebody who thinks he knows what he believes in and what his morals are, but I feel like he's gone about it and went about it in the wrong way and ended up putting his foot and the shoe attached into his mouth completely. Um, I will not pretend to be as much of an expert on this as Joe, um, so I'll defer to her on most things. I think there's quite interesting literature out there about the gender pay gap you can review. Um, on both sides of the argument, there are, I mean, whether they're valid sides or not, there are two sides to every argument. And uh, as a, um, a contemporary of mine from university, Kate Andrews, is uh, quite often on the press, a sort of a centre-right commentator, represents Republicans abroad and so on, she's American. And she goes on the news quite often around International Women's Day to debunk the gender pay gap. Now, she's not convinced me yet. But I'd say if, if you really are interested in this, go out and read some of the literature that's out there and make up your own mind. Ultimately, I think Joe responded very calmly and very well. <laughs> I think Dr. Tom Bohr, yeah, I, I don't know what he was trying to achieve. And he's made himself a bit of a parody of himself and unfortunately of straight white men. So it impacts on all three of us sat here, because uh, Ben and Robert are sat across from me just now. I think we can all move on because we've given them enough airtime. Yeah, 100%. Um, just have a look at our Twitter feed if you if you want to get involved with some of the conversation. Or on the forum as well. There's a really good thread on there about it. Um, yeah, the, the, one thing I will say for the guy is, amongst all the negativity surrounding him, he's been incredibly polite. He has come back on to the podcast uh, Twitter and said, look, you know, I'd like to talk to people. So if anybody's got any conversation they want to have, as long as it's not just mean, just just go for it, engage with him. He's a nice he's a nice guy. Yeah, and the last thing I would like to say on it is, you know, I was I was joking when I when you bleeped me out earlier. That doesn't help our discourse. Like calling people names and just shouting people down doesn't help the wider situation we find ourselves in as a society, whether you're listening to us in the UK and Europe or whether you're a part of Brewdog USA and listening to us from there. So if we could all just engage with each other and talk about what we disagree, like what Tom did with you on that episode, I thought that was really good and, and ultimately is how we should all try to live our lives. I still think he's wrong. Fair point. Okay, let's uh, quickly look back on the results from Honest to Dog. We spoke about that one to death. Uh, yeah, we spent ages on it on, twen- on Podcast 25. So um, if you didn't listen to that one, go back, have a listen. We spent probably about 25 minutes on it. Uh, we just wanted to quickly tell you about the results that James posted. Uh, Andrew, being as you're here, 
Would you be so kind as to tell us all about the results and what James said? Yeah, and James answered a couple of questions on this in his Q&A session earlier with Martin and basically said what we thought at the time. It, it was interesting, it, it worked quite well, but he wouldn't do it again. So across the whole week, there were 12,166 total EFP transactions, which ultimately result in 92%, 11,300 paid the full price. About 6% of EFPs underpaid and about 1% of EFPs overpaid. The top three bars for overpayment, everyone says Scots are really tight and yet Lothian Road was the top one for overpayment. Plus Bristol, I think friend of the show Dave Lee was one of the key actors there and Leeds as well. The region with the fewest underpayments was Aberdeenshire. No surprise so really. You didn't go to a Because it's such a well, there's, there's just such a community here and there's so many... Um... <sighs> but that said, what we saw from Union Square and what we called out the individual transaction on, the, on episode 25 happened in Union Square. So there was some people milking it from this area, but it seems like... But I was thinking if, if, anywhere, if any region's going to overpay, it's going to be round here. Because yeah. there's such a big employer and so many people know people who are like, they deserve a bit more here. Absolutely. So... Aberdeenshire performed um, admirably. The total underpayment across the whole week, and this is across a pretty sizable bar estate now, um, was about is twelve thousand one hundred odd pounds, which we'd previously overestimated. And James himself said the bars were fourteen point seven percent busier for the week than they were the same week last year. I think is what he said. Or yeah, the week and before? I think the question was, does, but there's been new bars open, so surely they're up. And he said, no, yeah. it's like for like. It's the same bars. That's what we can. Yeah, so across the bar estate, it's 100, 150k. A couple of things to think about though is that they did call out last year's men's football World Cup as being a factor, and I think they've said quite openly that the women's World Cup this year has had smaller crowds than than for the men's last year. In some bars, there will be a reduction in people because it's been quite warm. People just don't go to the pub when it's warm and there isn't the attraction of the football. In other cases, the lack of football means people are going out. So I'd love to see that data expanded further. Ultimately, James said, is it something we will do again? Well, probably not. But is he glad that Brewdog did it? Absolutely. We're right here in the middle of Overworks and there's quite a few people wanting to say hi. Uh, one of those, Andrew, jump on the mic. Andrew Sinclair, how are you, sir? Very well, thanks. You've, you, you've managed to avoid the ridiculous amount of sunshine and not get too sunburnt unlike me yet, so well done on that so far. Uh, you said you've got a question for us, so fire away, sir. So I just wondered, when it comes to the events, the, the AGM, the Beatnack, do you still get a chance to enjoy yourself or do you always involve yourself with this podcast? Uh, for me... Um, I, I always think with these events, it's it's about catching up with folk that I know. So like like Emma popping by there, bumping at a camp, saying hello even to James. I don't you know not trying to name drop or anything, but you know it's bumping into folk and catching up with him is a huge part of it. Um, doing the podcast itself allows me to be able to speak to folk that I wouldn't normally. So on the one side, I I don't get to spend as much time with like Chris and Ben and other people who I'm out with today. But on the flip side, I'm getting to chat with folk like yourself who I probably really would only just give a quick handshake to. What do you think, Andrew? I get to spend all day with you. <laughs> and it's lovely. Oh, thank you very much. But yeah, you're right. I mean, look at the AGM. We, we watched the Q&A together. We went and stood in that tent and did our Facebook Live when Bruce was there. And that was great. And 
you know, I got to meet Kev from Border Digital. He does have an actual name, by the way. His name's not Kev from Border yeah. Digital, which is how we always say, say, say his name. Um, you know, and that was great. I met again, met some new people, and then again talked to some of the staff. And I like, oh, I like the podcast. Introduce you to other folks. It does it does help you meet new people. But then you know we're going to be up here for maybe an hour and a half today when we could be doing other stuff. But personally, I quite enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, and the one thing is, um, I'm supposed to have a tour at four o'clock. Uh, I'm not going to make that because it's now four o'clock. I think thirty-five seconds. But on the flip side. A couple of times, staff from Bruno have said, hey, do you want to come up and join in with this thing that we've got going on? So I probably had, like, bear out of it. So it, it, it's it's a bit of give and take. It's now kind of normal. It's good fun. Um, the only thing from my point of view that I wish I could change was the never-ending backpack jokes. It would re- I mean, I kind of thought I'd put that to death, but no, no. It's still... I love the backpack, the backpack jokes. are going to continue, aren't they? So, you, yeah. you do have it on your T-shirt, though. Yeah, I really... I, yeah, yeah, I have no excuse for that. Uh, have you have you found any interesting beers today? Anything exciting that you've come across? I mean, uh, my fiance does love the sours. However, I think a lot of the beers that I have wanted to try today they've run out rather quickly, which brings me to another question. In comparison to last year's beatnik, what do you make of this year's beatnik? There's live bands. There's going to be a massive difference this year already. What are your takes on it? It's really hot. That's yeah. the first thing. So the weather's phenomenal. Um, I think it's really well set up. We had a few issues with Truck Norris earlier. So I think the queues for a beer have been a lot longer because of technical issues. But that can't be helped. I, I really like it this year. I think it's really relaxed, but also busy. We were, we were speaking about this on the way up. It's like it's weird to think that it was only like four years ago that when you came to the Beatnik Brew Day, you actually got involved with brewing the beatnik brew and then you only got it a few months later whereas of course now it's nothing like that this is this is almost like a beer festival just it's mostly brew dog that's here yeah, and beers to join them as well so cool uh, andrew thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us sir yeah really lovely to meet you it. my pleasure thank you that's all nice to meet you uh, so that's honest to dog and that's andrew sinclair wait it's busy today isn't it Right, next on the list, DIY Dog. The new one came out. This was actually a couple of weeks ago now, but um, yeah, DIY Dog. Andrew, give us a bit of background. What exactly is DIY Dog? So for the last couple of years, BrewDog have basically released every recipe they've ever done to the crowd. It's, it's open source brewing, basically, but on a massive, massive scale. And it was first published in 2017 as a PDF and then done as a nice printed and bound book which I think was sent out to various EFPs, um, depending on investment level, for EFP5. The same happened for EFP, oh, EFP4 and EFP5. The same happened 2018. DIY Dog 2019 is now out. Came out about a fortnight ago. There's a whole new 89 recipes. So we're up to 415. That's up from 63 new recipes last year. Of course, Overworks coming on board makes it uh, a much bigger thing to fanzine do. Fanzine going full steam as well, of course. Of course, all the fanzine beers as well. So they call it a liquid anthology, dating right the way back to 2005, when the first Brewdog beers li- were made. A liquid anthology? That's what they said, wasn't wow. my words. I thought a liquid anthology is like the trail of sick that like comes out of a bar on Union Street, but okay, carry on. Anyway... So we start with original recipe punk IPA, where it all began, of course, and we've run right through. It's number 415, Aplomb Bomb, a 7% plum and vanilla Scottish sour, which actually just went on here in Overwork. So we might have to have one of those to toast um, this year's DIY dog. 
And as I said earlier, there's a, a good thing about Overworks. There's actually a guide on home souring from Overworks master himself, Richard Kilcullen. Ben, you're still with us. Yep. Kind of. You've not drunk too much yet. So, nope. yeah, you, you're familiar with DIY, Doug. What, what's, your, uh, what's your take on it? Do you ever use it to make any beer? Yep, so um, the original DIY, well, the uh, first DIY dog that I was able to download was the 2016 uh, edition. And um, I used it to make one of my first batches of homebrew, uh, and it was really in-depth. It gave you everything you needed to get started. Um, the 2019 one, um, it's given you a few more like of the little secrets of the trade that wouldn't usually be like revealed like unless you were in certain brewing circles and you know, scouring the internet, translating things from German. And, you know, it's, it's really nice uh, just to have it all there for anyone to download. Um, very easy to follow and anyone could pick it up and make something with it. Brilliant. Okay, so yeah, just a reminder, that is free to download. Uh, there'll probably be printed versions. They don't print them every time they update them, but uh, there'll probably be printed versions going out. That's going to start to have to become two books soon because the one book is ridiculously big. Um, Speaking of DIY dog, uh, Bruce, tease a question. Indeed, yes. In 2018, 2018, Brew Dog made a beer described in DIY Dog as this. An exclusive barrel-aged blend brought together to reward investors on Equity for Punks USA. Two Imperial Stouts aged in green whiskey barrels for over a year. What was that beer? Okay. Here's the audio from the EFP6 advert. Beer like it was. Beer like it should be. Beer like it will be. Welcome to Planet Brewdog. In 2007, Brewdog came howling into the world. Over the last 10 years, we've taken that business that we started in a garage global. In 2013, we built this outstanding craft brewery in Ellen, Scotland. We've also got a fantastic facility in Columbus, Ohio, and this year, 2019, we're going to open a new one in Brisbane, Australia. We also own and operate over 80 amazing craft beer bars, allowing more and more people to try amazing world-class craft beer. Oh, and in 2018, we also opened the planet's first ever beer hotel in Columbus, Ohio. We are an alternate small business, part owned by 100,000 people who love good beer as much as we do. Our equity punk community are at the heart and soul of everything we do. We wear our heart on our sleeve and we do things in our own terms. And we do some crazy fish. Helping us turn an entire industry on its head. Being a great employer is core to everything we believe in. We share our profits with all of our team. We're a living wage employer and we even give team members a week off work when they get a new dog. We call it Paternity Leave. It's a clever name. Thanks. Fueled by our passion for beer, our growth has broken all types of records. We're the number one craft brewer in Europe. And we won't stop until we're the number one globally. Our simple mission is to make other people as passionate about great craft beer as we are. And in terms of that objective, we are just getting started. So just before the break, I asked the question, the teaser. In 2018, Brewdog made a beer described in DIY Dog as this, an exclusive barrel-aged blend, brought together to reward investors on equity for Punks USA. Two Imperial Stouts aged in grain whiskey barrels for over a year. What was that beer? Anybody? 
Andrew. He's thinking. His face has gone weird. That might be because right, of the sound here. All right. All right. Uh, it's not Radio Zombie phone in. No, it's not. Bruce. That was... Nope. It was Declassified Demigod. Ooh. Remember, it was stunning. That's the one. It's strong. Thanks, Bruce. Hey, no worries. Andrew, you were going to catch up with Fiona. Did you manage to catch her? Yes. Excellent. Then should we play that audio that we definitely aren't recording immediately after we've said all these words? Why not? Ah, magic of radio. Here's Fiona. It's time for the highlight of my day here at Beatnik, where I've spent two hours sitting in Overworks talking to Rob, and that was fine. And to be fair, I'd spent now six hours in his company. But the highlight has to be sitting with Fiona Hunter. Hello! What have you been doing with your day? I have been looking after uh, tours for Brewdog Distilling Company, so I've been shepherding people. I've been doing the famous ice run that we do for every single event. We never have enough ice, uh, so quick t- trip to Tesco, that kind of stuff, that's what I've been looking after. You actually have a real adult serious job here as well, don't you? What do you do day to day for Brewdog? Um, so I am head of people for Brewdog, so I look after the whole people agenda, um, make sure that we are a brilliant employer. So who's all on your team? Are there people that we might know from the forum and who's all involved? In my team specifically, not so many people in the forum, but as the people team, we encompass everything, including the Equity Punk team. So all your, all the family favourites are there. Michael Kenyon, Emma Watson, Emma DeSena, all those guys are all part of the wider people team. And they've organised a brilliant event today. I, saw, I just saw Michael and to record a quick chat with him. I think he's relieved more than anything else. He's been so miserable for the past week. Just, I think he's been quite stressed about this because he's wanted it to be so brilliant. Um, but he's like, a, he's like a different human today. It's brilliant to see him smiling. Absolutely. So, so you sit within the people team. What, so what do you do day to day then? So day-to-day for me is looking at things like organisational design. That sounds really boring, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, making sure that we, our benefits are right and making sure that we're, we're doing things legally and just making sure that that employee experience all the way through is what it needs to be. So we've taken shelter because unfortunately the end of Beatnik has become a bit soggy. So we dashed inside and you can hear the, the rain on the roof. I'm in a place I've never been before just now, actually. I've not been in the actual brew dog office, so I just went up. We'll do a special tour after this. Oh, lovely. So it's the first time I'm here, so thank you very much for bringing me into the People Team office. It's lovely to be here. Now, obviously you're known first and foremost for your amazing forum presence and for your amazing other half, Doogie, who we love dearly. Lovely Doogie. Um, I say this, we were chatting earlier, there's quite a few couples in Brewdog as well. You're not the first, I would say. No, no, there's lots of them. Um, I, my favourite one is Nicole Sinclair, who's our global head of talent, and Stephen Kersley, our master distiller. They are, they're like the Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney of Brewdog. Oh, <laughs> But Nicole's a great story as well. Did she not join Brewdog as a grad or really junior years ago and now she's worked up to head of talent? She started off doing consulting, so she worked for a recruitment agency and did some consulting and I think she she harangued them until they gave her the job that she wanted to build a recruitment team in-house for Brewdog. So she has a, she's a terrific story. And that internal development piece I think is crucial. When you look at all the people in the business and where they started, where they've ended up, like, are there any people that you'd highlight as like people you're so proud of because of where they've come from and just the, the journeys they've been on have been so special? 
I think there are loads of stories like that actually. I think there are some real key people that maybe are not all that familiar in the forum world, but people like Anna Ross, who looks after um, some of our materials and planning side of things, has come in in quite a junior role and actually has taken on more and more responsibility and is a real tip for the future about who is going to be important. Ben Press, another just fabulous, got just got promoted, just walked past us. Ben Press is a wonderful story. And again, he's done that thing of being an equity punk and a fan of the brand and come into the business and just absolutely smashed it. It's wonderful. Shall we set the scene? There's a tour going past just now. And there's a lot of people looking at you really confused. We're doing an interview for the Brewdog News podcast, which uh, I've got a plug now, don't I, Kat? <laughs> Backpacks and all. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's funny though is that Rob brought a suitcase, not a backpack. Never. He brought an actual suitcase. Do you want to see it on our Instagram? Yeah, let me show you this. I know. Jesus. <laughs> Who'd have thought that Rob's luggage would be such a topic of conversation <laughs> every single time we meet him? Anyway, so which which tour is this that's going on that comes through the People Team office? Um, so this is the standard Dog Tap tour. So this is the one that they run that people book onto through Dog Tap, um, and they pay for the privilege of seeing the dog jumps. So you basically you're kind of like you're in a zoo. A little bit, but you know, we love it when the tours come past. A lot of people would think that it would be an annoyance or put you off your work. Actually, we live for those tours coming through, just getting to throw things at people as they walk past or shout abuse at them. We love it. So the main reason I want to see you today, other than because I love you dearly and you're my favourite brew dog person. Because I love you dearly and you're my favourite brew dog person. I'm never going to stop listening to that if that gets broadcast. (laughs) But yeah, you've been in Berlin a lot recently because uh, as we talked about in various episodes, brew dog have acquired Stone's operation for brewing out in Berlin. Stone still have their own bar there, but basically we've gone from having one stone brewery and one stone bar and one brew dog bar to having one brew dog brewery, one brew dog bar and one stone bar. So there's a similar sort of beer circulating. It's just got different ownership. So what's, you were over there really quickly after the acquisition. So what was that all about? What were you up to? Um, so it was amazing. So I knew that the acquisition was going to be happening a little bit ahead of time um, and helped out with some of the due diligence on that from the people side of things. And then I was lucky enough to go over for the announcement to the Stone team that Brewdog had bought the bar, um, the brewery in, in the tap room. Um, and that was incredible because those guys had known that something was going to happen um, and so to be able to go out and address them and introduce ourselves and actually see the relief on their faces that the people who were going to come in and operate the place were Brewdog as opposed to some other less brilliant business they were they were very pleased about that and that was fantastic yeah because I think it was kind of clear from Greg's blog post Greg Coach from Stone Stone Founder in the run up that things weren't exactly dandy for the Berlin operation so I guess the staff will have known that something was afoot Absolutely right. Um, those guys are really astute and they see what was going on in, in that business and they knew that it was a tough time and they knew that there were going to be changes. I think their fear was that it was going to be a complete closure. Um, so the fact that it was still operating, that they were still going to have jobs and they were still going to be making brilliant beer um, was something that was a, a great news story for them. And we are delighted that they stay with the business as well. And it's, it's certainly not necessarily the, the, I feel like the sexy part of, of Brewdog, much as people is crucial, but it's, it's, it's people's lives, it's people's livelihoods. And I don't want to turn this into the CIPD podcast, but 
you know, when you when you rock up to a business in like that in Berlin, where people have worked for a few years, yeah. what is your primary role there, and, and how does it make you feel, especially that you're basically almost in a reassurance job, I guess? Completely, and I think that's like it's a real privilege when you do this type of job to be able to have those conversations with people about the things that really matter in their lives, and so much of it is about reassuring people that we are a business who put people at the heart of everything. So it's actually quite an easy sell for us. Um, but it does, it's, it's, it's definitely a humbling experience to be able to be part of that pivotal time in somebody's life and to go and to give them either reassurance or be really honest with them that because it's the true fact is we're not going to run that operation the same way as Stone did and we'll do things differently and in some situations that means that people won't stay with the business but being able to look them in the eye and tell them that actually this is our vision and this is the part that you will or won't play in it is, is a really great thing to be able to do. And so what's the, the reality on the ground in Berlin? Have have most people been kept on? Are you able to shedding light on what the the picture is there and are Brewdog then recruiting for for other roles? What's what do you expect to change from a people perspective? I think it's a great question. Um, so the majority of people stay with the business. Um, so there were 175, I think it was, at the point when the transfer happened, and the vast majority of them have remained with the business. There have been some changes, and there have, there have been some people who have ended up leaving the business either through their own choice or because we've we've made them redundant. Those cases are definitely in the minority, um, but we knew that Stone had staffed that in a way that we just wouldn't operate that type of business and um, we are recruiting for some roles so I'm actually out there next week um, to do some recruitment days for the tap room when it opens um, so we are actively recruiting for some bar staff, for serving staff, kitchen staff, um, which, is, which is an exciting time. And so what's changing about the Berlin business? So some listeners will have been to the Mariendorf site when it was a stone site. So what can we expect to be different? I think having that focus on a food-led restaurant business is going to be very different. So it, if you've been to the Mariendorf site before you'll have known that it was quite a complex menu. They had a huge number of taps um, serving beer which is a great thing usually but they weren't selling off beer through to make sure that that was always the right quality and the right freshness so we're simplifying everything we're going to simplify the food menu so it's still distinctly brew dog but it will have some real kind of special additions for being that type of site but also we'll have less lines of beer but more frequent pull through and change and just the the whole beer experience will be different so it won't just be about number of different options that you have so once berlin's sorted and settled do you think there's more acquisitions in the pipeline strategically for brew dog or is there a different tack coming I don't think there are any that are on the immediate horizon. Um, I think we've got so many other big projects going on at the moment. So one of the other things that I'm starting to work on is Australia, which is just around the corner. Um, and so things like that, I think, are going to be our focus for the time being. I don't see any any kind of, in the short distance, any big acquisitions like this. I think we've got enough on our plate making Berlin work and getting Australia up and running. And over in Columbus, of course, your old boss and... Oh. 
one one of my former favourite Brewdog mm-hmm. people, but now she's gone too far away, so of course. But she can still be one of your favourites. Oh, so, Alison Green used yes. to be in charge of the whole people business, and I, I was lucky enough to meet her at a couple of events. She's, yeah. I know she's a sometime listener to the podcast yes, as well, yes, yes. which is great. She's now the CEO over in Columbus. Yep. Um, so, do you work closely with the American side of the business, first of all? And secondly, what does it mean to you to have somebody going from heading up the people business to actually running a business over there? That's awesome. Um, so we do work closely with the US business and I think what we're trying to do is work closely from a people's perspective. We have a company who do some of the transactional HR over there so we're not as involved with that stuff but in terms of the kind of overall strategy it's certainly something that we're getting closer to these days. Um, seeing Alison going on over there and taking that CEO role has just been phenomenal um, because she's driving it and because we're so proud of everything that she achieved with us and it's great still to have her in the business so when I have an issue she is the first person that I'm on the phone to and sometimes her having that distance is really good personally for me helping get a bit of perspective on things. Brilliant so if somebody is desperate to work for Brewdog Uh you've always wanted to be here but maybe you don't know what you want to do you know you don't want to be bar stuff but you've got some certain skills what's the best way particularly if you're an EFP or if you're just a fan of the brand, to get yourself noticed and known by the brand? I think it's just being visible and doing things like being involved in the podcast, about being visible on the forum, about having opinions. We like people who have opinions and voices and who are prepared to kind of speak up and put themselves out there. And so being involved in all the different ancillary things that we do as a business is a really great way to keep in that eye line so that when we are thinking about hiring roles that we know who great people are. We try and recruit people rather than roles. And so if there's a brilliant person out there who we think would fit and gets our culture and has some great skills, we'll often try and make something around that as opposed to thinking that person's great but the role isn't right for them just now. Yeah, I wouldn't say the podcast though because you took Emma from us which Rob is still heartbroken about but maybe you could take Rob as head of luggage. That would be brilliant. As soon as we get that sort of peripheral luggage brand going he's he's the guy eyes are on him so one last thing because i've, I've stolen you for a long time already uh it's a beer related question Ooh. so it's a two-part question what's your favorite brew dog beer and what's the beer that you know that's coming that you're most excited about that you can give away a spoiler oh, is it brett tokyo because we know about that I am. I only found out about that yesterday because somebody showed me a picture of what was in the barrels. I'm very excited about Brett Tokyo. That is definitely. I'm also really excited about some of the distilling stuff that's happening. But in terms, of beer for me is all about Jack Hammer, and I'm real sad that that one features less prominently these days because I think it's just one of the greatest beers. I think that Native Sun are some of the most outstanding things we've ever done. So it's all about the punchy IPAs. Um, you, you bet it is, 100%. The punchier, the better. Well, Fiona, it's, it's been a genuine joy. It's lovely to have you on the podcast, and I hope it's not the last time as well, because you're not far away, and with an inventory bar as well, which I know is local to you, because oh, Dougie was saying place. about it, uh-huh. that uh, we can get Rob up there often enough to, to come and have a chat. But it's always good to talk to you guys. Thank you very much. Brilliant, thank you. That was really nice to hear from Fiona. Um, she is ace. I love Fiona. I, I, if you ever see Fiona around, head of people, just please say hi. She's one of the nicest people in Brewdog. I always say this, so many. She's like point 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 zero one nicer than some of them. Are we going to get you a I Love Fiona t-shirt? Yeah, why not? Fair enough.
Okay, you can probably tell by the music that's playing in the background, we decided to split this into two episodes. Loads and loads of good stuff coming up in the next episode. We continue going through various bits of news stories. I've done loads of recordings in Manchester that hopefully will put a smile on your face. Uh, we've got Ace interviews. We've got all sorts of other stuff, including Watty. I know you're all waiting. So, yeah, let's wrap this up. Um, please support us on Patreon. This whole thing is only possible because people like you chuck us a couple of quid. Patreon.com forward slash Brewdog News uh, and visit our website. That's got all the contact details on and how to subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening so far, folks. Have a great week. I'll get episode two out to you in the next few days. Bye!